everyone agrees, bacon makes everything better. Even marketing. This is the Bacon Podcast, where you'll learn to cure your marketing. And make your business. I can't believe I said that. Internet marketing. Online marketing. Social media tips and techniques. Now, to help you bring more bacon home, the master of marketing sizzle, Brian Basilico. This is the Bacon Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I am excited. Today, we're going to be talking to somebody from New Zealand, way down under. His name is John Fazandier, and he is a guy that's going to help us with our emotions. And we're going to be talking about emotions and your workspace and how you can get control of them and help you create a better work environment for yourself and your coworkers. So, John, how are you doing today, man? I'm real good. Thank you very much. And yourself? I am fantastic. And, uh, and one of the things I know about you, I like people to kind of get to know uh, a little bit about my guests because they don't know you. They've probably never met you unless they've gone to New Zealand, uh, which I have not. But uh, I want to know, how did you go from being a priest to something you call a psychodramatist? And what the heck is that? Well, that's a great question because <laughs> sometimes I wonder myself how it happened. But um, what, what uh, it came about, I was, a, I was a Catholic priest and working, um, had been working for about uh, six or seven years and realized I needed to do some of my own personal work. Uh, hadn't dealt with um, some issues and these kept coming back and sort of worrying me. Got, uh, went to somebody who was a therapist who then put me on to somebody else who, when they left town, they said, here's this person, go and see her. And she was a psychodramatist. Um, and then I got involved in that and thought this would help my parishioners a lot. But actually, it mostly helped me at the beginning. I didn't realize I needed so much help. So psychodrama, psyche is the mind, drama is to act out. So instead of just talking about stuff, you can act it out on a stage. You can get other people to play parts uh, in your story. And you get a whole new perspective on your life by doing that and by reversing roles with other people. So... I um, ended up not only doing my own bit of therapy, then I became a trainer in this. And, and as I was training, uh, I realized and dealt with some of the, these issues from my own childhood. I realized I didn't have to be a priest forevermore. Probably wasn't a good idea if I did, in fact, stay there. So um, I left. Uh, that, that was after a number of years, and it was a process. Uh, when I then, uh, I then uh, it took me about 10 years to qualify as a psychodramatist. And then I got a job in a drug and alcohol rehabilitation hospital as the psychodramatist uh, and helping people to deal with the issues from their past that triggered their drinking and drugging. And that was really, the, to me, it was just a wonderful experience. And it's what I learned there that I've brought into the business, into business training which is what I've been doing for the last 20 years. So explain to me, you know, when we talk about psychodrama in the workplace, how does that manifest itself? What does it look like? And how, how would I identify it or somebody in a business identify it? Yeah. Um, well, in terms of the training, there's, a, there's quite a, a body of theory in, uh, behind psychodrama, and um, particularly systems thinking. Um, so... I use a lot of that thinking when I bring it into the training. Um, but also a lot of training, you know, people talk, they just do a lot of talk. Whereas for me, I get people to um, 
uh, set out, often we use objects um, rather than people, set out what the situation is going on for them or what's the whole life system of a difficult person. And we end up putting down maybe, you know, 40, 50, 60 things that are affecting the difficult person right now from their past, their present, and even their future. So when people, when you put it down, I get down on the floor and set it out, you know, using uh, little uh, objects and toys and figures. People have a completely different view of what a a difficult person is like or, um, you know, what their own life's about. So that's one of the ways that really I can use this method in a business setting. So let's go through a business setting and, and let's talk about, I know you have like four key parts to this. So the first thing I'd like you to do is kind of just give a very brief overview and then we'll dig into each four. So go ahead and, and kind of lay out the basics of this. Well, the first thing I'd say is uh, people want connection. Now, um, they, they say this is even greater than love. You know, we, we, we want connection more than we want love. You know, if you were going to... Um, so when people come into a business, a customer or... Um, this also works very much with colleagues, workmates. Um, when when somebody says or does something that's difficult, you know they 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 might even be shouting, but they might just be be, be uh, disagreeing with you, or they might whatever it is. Um, quite often, these are the things that we find difficult to um, manage, and a lot of people at that point sort of withdraw, at least psychologically, if not physically, and so. What um, if we can stay with people, particularly if they are highly emotional, what that means is they are distressed. And so finding a way to be with them uh, is crucial. So that's what, um, and um, part of the world, you know, this happens in so everywhere I go uh, that, that people find it so difficult to be with difficult people. And so they don't stay with them. But by staying and engaging with them, that's when healing can happen. It helps them calm down. It helps them get their needs met. And it helps them feel connected and, and understood. And that's, that's what I want to teach people, how to make that connection with your customers and with your colleagues, you know, particularly in those difficult moments. Okay, so the second part then is what? Well, the second part we want to look at is how, um, what happens to you when somebody else is nutting off at you, when they're getting all upset and, and, and angry or, or whatever it is they're saying, complaining or whinging. So what happens to you is understanding this particularly from the, the way that your brain is going. And um, the neuroscience now that uh, we, we have a greater understanding of how our brain works, although we sort of had, a, had ideas you know, t- 20 years ago, but much more recently, we, we've got a more, much more specific idea. So what's happening in your brain is um, the amygdala, which is sort of the security of the center of the brain, activates when it perceives somebody is against you. And it can even operate when somebody says no to you. You, know, you, you can kind of get on the defensive. Oh, you know. So something's happening in your brain. What happens? Daniel Goleman, who wrote the book Emotional Intelligence, calls this the amygdala hijack of the brain. All the energy goes to activating the amygdala, which is about security, saving you, that which generates adrenaline, ready for fight or flight. 
And then, you know, it's all on for young and old at that point. That's when fights can happen or when people can, you know, disappear and, and, and flee from the scene. What happens in this moment is you can learn. There's three things that you can do that can change the way your brain's working. Would you like to hear those? So, so what are the things that, you know, when somebody has this in their head, you know, and yeah. again, I understand the fight or flight. I mean, nobody likes a negative, but, you know, we react a certain way and it's almost like ingrained to us. So what, you know, what, what are some of the visual or mental triggers that first and foremost that we need to know about and then what can you do about it? Yeah. Well, um, for a start, when somebody is in front of you or even on the phone for that matter, or even sending you an email and you read this email and you have a reaction, it's, it's like, first of all, being aware of what you what's going on for yourself. And, um, what I teach a lot and I write about this in my book um, is f being able to name your feelings to yourself. So know what you that you are feeling something and to be able to name your feelings without judgment. So quite often, sometimes we think some feelings I shouldn't have, you know, these are bad feelings to have. I don't like them. Therefore they're bad somehow. Therefore I shouldn't have them. Or maybe we're brought up, uh, you know, a fam family messages saying it's not okay to look like that or to feel like that or to have, you know, to have that feeling. So we need to get the idea, first of all, that feelings are neither good nor bad. They're simply feelings. And if you can kind of get that idea and then accept yourself because of it, it's easier to name your feelings to yourself. And that we know changes the way that your brain functions when you do that. It also activates the language center of the brain, which often shuts down when you're in fight or flight. So that's the first thing. The second thing you can do, well, you often do this one first, is to breathe deeply. Breathe from the belly. Um, often uh, when, when we are in fight or flight and we, the adrenaline's going, we take shallow breaths because it's quick emergency breathing. But when somebody's just uh, um, criticizing you or, um, you know, whatever, um, this is not an emergency. You, you don't actually need emergency breath. You need calm breath. You need to calm yourself. So you breathe from your belly, from that deeper breathing, which does a lot of things. It activates the, the vagus nerve, which um, helps calm. It's, it, it's sort of the parasympathetic nervous system, it's called, is the fancy word, which basically does the opposite of having a fight or, or fight. It, it calms you down. So you breathe, you name your feelings to yourself. And the third thing you can do is ask yourself a complex question. Now, you, you don't want one that you can't answer, which would actually freeze your brain. But what a complex question might be, what else might be going on for this person to get them to act this way? And as you start thinking about that, um, that gets your brain going again. So where, you, where you've um, got this brain freeze or, you know, the, 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 the amygdala hijack, of the brain and your rational brain's not working, it's only your emotional brain, you want to be able to change that. And you can do it by those three things. Breathing, name your feelings, ask yourself a complex question. So that's a, that's another, the second really big thing that you want to know about this. Mm -hmm. how, how can you change the way you, your brain is working when you feel under threat? Now, let me ask you a question. So you, you go through this process. Let's say there's somebody on the other end of the phone or, or something yeah. and you need a second to go through this. Yeah. But what if you're dealing with somebody who doesn't have the same 
you know, emotional intelligence as you? Are you trying to diffuse the situation? I mean, what if that person is being irrational or, you know, angry or, you know, that all of a sudden they come charging at you verbally? You know, you may calm yourself down, but how does it work to help the other? Yeah. Um, Well, the fact is they are irrational if if they're emotional because their rational brain shut down. And technically you are too at the beginning. And that's why this process gets you to be a bit more rational. So, so the next thing, and this is the third point really that I, that I want to make people want connection. You need to calm yourself. What can you do that will help them to calm down? Telling them to calm down is not the answer, even though that's our instinct, you know, calm down, calm down. There's no need to get upset. Well, that's just not understanding them at all. And in a sense, this is a bit counterintuitive, but what we do need to say to the other person is somehow acknowledge their emotion. People want to feel felt. They want you to see, I want you to see my distress when I'm complaining. Now, they, they don't know this quite so rationally. Because all they know is that you're a freaking idiot, you know, and they want to tell you that and they want to tell you how stupid or bad your service has been or, you know, something's broken or because they're upset. So they are technically irrational. They're emotional. Uh, it also doesn't help to tell them that. And now you're being irrational. Stop it. You know, that's not a good idea. Right. What you, <clears throat> what you can do for them is to acknowledge their emotion in some way. Now, and you, it's very hard to do this if you're not calm yourself, if you haven't first calmed yourself down. Now, you can usually do that because when people are nutting off, you know, whether it's on the phone or in front of you, um, you've got time because they're, they're telling you, you know, they're li- listing a whole lot of reasons why you're a terrible person. You've got time to breathe, name your feelings, think about what else is going on for them. So the third point really is acknowledge their emotion. And it could be something as, as simple as saying, right, right now, you have, you're really feeling put out by what's happened or this has been very distressing for you or you've thought a lot about this or um, anything like that that's really acknowledging them. Now, they may need a bit more time. So it's also don't say too much um, and, and certainly don't try to fix things and address it, uh, the, rational, the rational part. I've got a little acronym that I use. So when the customer goes APE, and APE stands for, there's A-P-E, there's an action, a perception, and an emotion. And what the what uh, you need to do is acknowledge the emotion. So just think about that. When the customer goes APE, A-P-E, don't worry about A and P, the action or the perception, it's the emotion. So the action might be, uh, you know, they've got, they've got an invoice for you and it's wrong or it's doubled up. The perception is you're trying to rip them off. The emotion is, um, you know, they, they feel threatened or, or <clears throat> they feel um, like you're going to take advantage of them or something like that. So always go for the emotion first. It can just be a sentence that you say. You, you might just need to say a sentence to them, you know, like, gee, um, you know, th- this is a bit of a worry to you or um, you're under a lot of financial pressure at the moment or you are whatever it is. They, they may have, you know, it's based on what they've just said. Um, but if you say that to them, they will feel like you get them. And that's what people want. And that's where the connection is made. You know, just going back to that, what people really want is connection. 
So then what do we get to, how do we bring this to a conclusion or an outcome? What's the fourth part of this? Well, the, 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 the um, I guess what comes out of that really is that you're, you're looking for them to calm down. And when you notice a change in their, um, their intensity, then you can engage in the more rational part and, and coming, working out a solution to this. You know, what do we need to do? Would you like me to explain what our privacy policy is? What, you know, um, I, I guess you don't know, you know, what you, you can start having a regular conversation, but most, most people want to do that immediately. You know, somebody comes in and says, you know, you, you've, you've done this to me. You've, you've, you haven't delivered this on time. Oh, well, we sent it on time. You know, they want to give the reasonable explanation for what's happened, but they miss the fact that the other person is just highly emotional in that moment and technically not rational. So address, address the emotion when they do calm down, then it's much easier to have that conversation and, um, and, and almost people don't need training for that because you know, you, you know, your business, whatever your business is or whatever the complaint, you can start addressing that. So the bottom line with all of this is psychodrama basically is the emotion taking over you basically pausing and getting understand you know, that you need to name things. And the one question I got for you too, when you name you these feelings, do you name them like Betty or Jean, or do you name them like, you know, how do you name them? What, what do you say? <laughs> well, interestingly enough, I have read some people do name some of their feelings, um, give them, give them names a bit like that. Oops, issue, you know, it's like their depression or something. They say, Oh, here comes Ted, you know, but uh, mostly just find a, a word, you know, that, that is reasonable. You know, I'm feeling scared, I'm worried, I'm anxious. Um, these kind of uh, feelings, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Uh, but what it does when you do name your feelings either to yourself or to, or somehow you acknowledge the other person's feelings, um, you do it in a way that's non-judgmental, that's much more accepting or even, even more um, for yourself when you name these feelings to yourself. You don't say them out loud to the other person. Uh, but you say it to yourself, you kind of get curious about them. Now, you might not have a lot of time in the, in, right in the moment if that person's in front of you and they're, they're upset and distressed and worried or whatever. But you can, especially when these things keep happening and the same kind of feelings come up for you. you um, the, the trick with feelings is to lean into them and say, how interesting that I feel this way when somebody, or I felt this way when somebody said this to me or that person came in and did this or, or looked at me that way. And if you lean into them, you've got a much better chance both of accepting them and owning them and then finding out what their origin is, where they come from, in fact. So the bottom line is don't name your the feelings that you have or the emotions that you have, you idiot, because that would be a bad name for an emotion or a that's, feeling. That's right. That's got a sort of a judgmental tone about it, I'd say. Right. right. Yeah. You know, just without putting too fine a point on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and, and so the next thing is basically you're, you're using, you first understand the person is having the emotion. You, you understand your emotion 
you yeah. echo back to the person, hey, I understand you're, this makes you upset. And, and so it, this really is hurting you. And you get them to calm down. And then you can get to the point where you come back to a civil conversation where you can start working out the details. So the bottom line is, is what you're doing really is helping to diffuse emotion to get the conversation back to a place where it can become more productive. Is that essentially what it boils down to? Yeah, that, that's, that's what it is really um, to, to do that. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, can, you can even be a bit more direct. So when, when you said, oh, I can see that you are upset or I can see that this is upsetting you, um, you can be even more direct. Uh, keep eye out of it. It's not about me. Just, you can just say to somebody, right, you are really worried about this. And, um, you, you know, you do it in a in just a soft kind of way or whatever way is, uh, you know, comes out. But if you, if you go really direct, you're worried about um, what you, you know, you, the delivery and um, you're, you're under a lot of pressure. Some of those things can be very direct and um, you're not even do, saying it as an observer. You're saying it as somebody that's right next to them, you know, and uh, so that you're sort of feeling it a, a little bit as well, than, you know, yourself you're feeling some of this, some of what they're feeling. That's essentially how you're creating the connection. So it's like, I empathize with you. I, you know, I'm not saying I, I get that. Yeah. Don't say, yeah. I. yeah. But basically yeah. what you're doing is letting them know that you have empathy, you understand and you're hearing them and you're connecting with them. Yeah. So can you give just a really quick, cause we're, we're kind of running out of time, but give kind of a, a real life thing that you've been involved in that can give an example to my audience. Absolutely. Well, I, I hear a lot of them in my training groups and people even write to me and say this, but uh, I was running a, a group last week of uh, construction engineers. They, they were foremen and managers of uh, big projects, building bridges and roads around our city. And, um, uh, they went away after the first session. I did this in two sessions. They said, oh, yeah, I'm not so believe, don't believe it that much. And this guy came back and he says, do you know, I, I was skeptical about it, but I actually tried it with my wife. She was really upset about what I, um, you know, something that I did on the weekend. And I, and instead of what I normally do was say, you know, oh, get over it or, um, you know, calm down, you're being irrational. I said, right, you're really upset by that. And he said, she immediately just completely changed he said yeah i am i am upset now he didn't have to justify it he said i'm sorry i I certainly didn't mean to upset you but it it was just a simple thing like that just saying right first of all recognizing you're upset by that i certainly was upset she said and and calmed down almost instantly and um uh um you know, I just get so many of these examples like that. In fact, a woman who's just recently separated from her husband after 15 years had to meet. She, this was a couple of months ago, and she she did the same thing with him. She said she, it nearly killed her to do it because she hated him so much. But she noticed for the first time they had a civil conversation just by her saying to her, to her husband, her ex, you know, uh, you know, you, you're you're really worried about how we're going to sort this out. So it's simple things like that. Can, and look for the change and allow the other person, they might need to vent a little bit more, or they, but just let them calm down before you say anything else. No, that, well, I said that's, that's the kind of example that, that I hear all the time, plus I use it myself you know, with people uh, in the group as well. You know, I say, you're worried about, because uh, some people say, oh, that would sound condescending. 
And I say, so you're really worried about sounding condescending. You know, you don't want to do that, do you? And they go, no, no, I don't. And I say, well, was I condescending then? They go, no, 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 that was good. And I say, well, there you go. That's that's how you do it. Just as simple as that. Well, it sounds simple, but I think it's going to take, it's something that's going to take practice. So if my yeah. audience wanted to learn more about this, you have more information. I know the, the concept is called thriving under fire. So tell people yeah. where they can learn more about it. Right. Well, I've got a, uh, my website is www.tuf, that's for thriving under fire, .co.nz. Now, um, so www.tuf.co.nz. I do have um, a, a, a free uh, and a short little ebook, which is very good on an effective apology, how to make effective apology. And, and your listeners can get it if they do uh, tuf.co.nz forward slash bacon. And that will get them access to this effective apology. You can see my details are there on the website. I'd love to hear from people. Uh, my book is on Amazon, Thriving Under Fire. And, um, but people can um, sign up for, a, I write a free uh, e-newsletter or an, uh, every week with just very short two to 300 words with little tips on how you can manage. You're absolutely right. It is simple, but it's difficult and it's difficult. <laughs> so at the same time. And I love it because we're aligned. I'm basically bacon, you know, I actually got chewed out by somebody today is like, because somebody was promoting my presentation about bacon on uh, Jewish holidays. Like, how can you talk about bacon on a Jewish holiday? It's kosher. And I went, I went, um, you're upset about this, aren't you? Well, BACON is actually an acronym, and it stands for Building Authentic Connection Online Networking. And as soon as they saw that, they calmed down. So, see, you've already helped me, you know, work through this problem. So, that's how good you are. Um, yeah. It's amazing. So, if people wanted to connect up with you, what's the best way to do it? Email, social, what's the best way to do it? Uh, um, email would be good. You know, if they've got questions or, or stories or anything. Uh, I'm also on social. Facebook is Thriving Under Fire NZ uh, is on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn as well. So um, all of those ways that you can get hold of me through, through the website actually is probably the simplest. So that'd be good. Love to hear from your listeners. Absolutely. Well, John, you've already calmed me down. Um, <laughs> now I wish my, I could use this technique on my dog. I don't think it's going to work, but I know I can use it with other people. So yeah. you drop some great sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps. I appreciate you. I appreciate your knowledge and your time. And thanks for coming on the show, man. You're most welcome. Thank you. Well, that's it for today's bacon podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something today. If you did, please go to iTunes and give us a review. We appreciate all your feedback and comments. If you have any questions, go to www.baconpodcast.com forward slash questions, and we'll make sure we get those answered for you. Till next time, keep sizzling. Keep sizzling.